Hey, what's up? And welcome back to Mental Edge Training Coach here with Chad Hermanson. I've been away for a few weeks. We took my family on a vacation out to Hawaii during spring break. It was absolutely fantastic. Went out to Oahu, just enjoyed the beach, man. What a beautiful place. It was so awesome to just sit there on the beach, not think about anything and just relax and soak up the sun and just be with my family. So if you ever get out to Oahu, Obviously, I'd spent some time out there before playing the Hawaiian Winter League, and I was 18 years old, I think, when I went out there and did that. So it was so fun to just go with my family, hang out. The water was amazing. So grateful I was able to do that. So getting back into the podcast mode here, and I wanted to bring on a guest today to discuss a little bit about recruiting. But as always, I want to remind you of mental ledge coaching that I'm doing with high school collegiate athletes and also a lot more recently parents. Uh, parents obviously have a lot of questions about how to manage things, not only like we, we have recruiting, right? We have different types of things that they're trying to go through and work through. And as parents, right, we still ourselves have to manage our mind. We have to manage our emotions through all of this because our baby, right, is going through these situations. And so we tend to let our thoughts and feelings get in the way of some things. So one th place you can go to is I have a new website to check out for you to set up really a really a 20 to 30 minute consultation call with me at chadhermansoncoaching.com. So there I have some testimonials you can go through. I have a video explaining a little bit about what I do, not only with athletes, but with parents. So if you're inter interested in that, Again, go check out chadhermansoncoaching.com. So today I wanted to bring on a guest, a great friend of mine. I've known him for a long time. Uh, his name is Derek Amacone. I actually interviewed his brother, Trevor, who was a hitting coach in the Yankees farm system, really when I started the podcast uh, about two years ago now. So Trevor, I think, is up in AAA. Uh, with the, I believe he's in AAA with the hitting hitting. Um, coaches in the Yankees organization. So he's getting closer to the big leagues. His brother, Derek, um, spent a lot of time in college baseball. I first met him at Utah Valley, uh, Utah Valley University, D1 school out in Orem, Utah. It's right next to BYU. Derek was a recruiting coordinator at the time and infield coach. And so we that's when we first met. That's when I was scouting. He later went on to Grand Canyon for a little while, spent time there as an assistant. And now he's back in Utah. He is working in the recruiting side of things for baseball. He is working with an organization called College Athletic Advantage, College Athlete Advantage. I don't know if they go by CAA, but we're going to learn about the recruiting process, how it's changed over the years in regards to social media. There's a lot of different things now that kids have to go through. And so we're going to get... Uh, almost like a, a complete webinar presentation here. It's going to be pretty cool. This is what I'm expecting from you, Derek. So enjoy this conversation with Derek, and hopefully you learn something about the recruiting process. All right, Derek, what's up, man? How are we doing? Good. How are you, Chad? I'm doing awesome. You got your your bees background there. You're out in Salt yep. Lake. Tell us where you are. Yeah, so I'm in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Yeah, I got my my Smith's ball, ballpark background. So you know everybody's always 
talking about the the best view in baseball with the mountains. So uh, I like having that as my uh, background. So yeah, I'm I'm in Salt Lake City, Utah. Love it. Yeah, when I when I was in AAA in Nashville playing in the PCL, I remember going there and and ha- I saw a lot of family out there. So they would come out to the games and and all the you know my teammates and the players that were playing. They're like, man, this view is incredible. It was still. If you were like out there in April or May, sometimes you got snow on the mountains still, right? I'm sure there's a lot of snow out there right now with you guys, right? We we got crushed, so it's still like <laughs> the way up there. So we still have like whether it's Utah playing in our field or you know the the bees guys because a lot of them obviously are from all over the, the country are coming out of the dugout and taking pictures and are like holy cow, like you know I didn't realize <laughs> there'd still be this much snow. So yeah, we've had. Yeah crazy spring snow wise yeah you guys are coming off of what like the kind of a, a record-breaking year of snow yeah Is that right? yeah so yeah. it's uh, i've heard like the worst ever or like the worst in 50 years i can't tell you yeah. which but it's I not guess, for what do they what, what do they call it the uh the, is it the what's the term the runoff of the snow yeah. like it, it's gonna melt like people are yeah. really worried about it out there yeah so right. they uh we actually at Smith's ballpark, we have some sandbags kind of ready just because yeah, I guess in like 1983, I want to say 81, 83, there was a bad flooding uh, that went right down like 13th South where the ballpark is. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I wasn't alive then, but I heard it was really bad. So if we have that kind of dynamic, but I don't, I don't think we will, we kind of have some sandbags lying in the, the office area. So I don't, there I think it's okay flood wise. So nice. All right. Yeah. Well, good. Well, well, I wanted to bring you on today and I've never really have had much, a lot of discussion on the recruiting part of the game. So I know it's changed quite a bit for baseball in general. And I think just with college in general, it's, it's way different now uh, compared to when I guess you and I both went through it. Um, you, you're now working with college athlete advantage. Is that correct? Yep. Is, correct. You, is it CAA? You guys yeah. pronounce yep. like the abbreviations for that. Yep. So you you gave me some ideas too of what we can cover in regards to what are we looking at with recruiting. So tell us what has changed the most, say over the last five to ten years with recruiting. Okay, yeah. So I mean, a lot's changed just in the dynamics of like could be anything from social media. Like there's more kids feel the pre- the the need to have a presence on social media whether that's tweeting out videos, um, tagging coaches, those kind of things to, um, you know, the, the event structure, meaning there's a lot more events than there ever used to be. Um, I mean, when I played in high school, there were a few select events that you would go to, uh, but not nearly the amount uh, that it has, has turned into. Uh, And so there's a lot of a lot of like picking and choosing like, Hey, should we go to this event, go to that event? There's a lot more access to showcases uh, with any given organization. Um, And then obviously you have the the college camp dynamic. And then you also have the recruiting earlier and earlier. And I think the, the, there's going to be some legislation from what I understand uh, with the NCAA, that's going to tweak that a little bit. And then obviously the, the biggest one, uh, that has changed a lot for kids is the transfer portal. So the transfer portal has affected obviously kids on on campus as well as those that um, are in high school because 
a college coach may say, Hey, you know what? Like we're going to take a proven guy that's transferring from such and such school instead of a high school senior, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's kind of caused like a, you know, a lot of strain for high school age players. And I think COVID and how the, the rosters expanded as well. Um, coaches have been more likely to go, we're just going to take a transfer or uh, look, you know, at a junior college transfer or a four-year transfer and maybe not take the the chance on a high school senior unless they're really, they're really polished and ready to go for our level. So those are, those are probably, you know, the four or five that I would say that are vastly different than, you know, than it used to be. Yeah. So, the, so rosters have changed. What's the number up to now? Uh, the last time I checked, um, it's still at 40, but it's going to be going back down to 35 at some point uh, for, okay. for division one. And I believe division two is the same. Uh, and then um, I'll probably, I'll probably state this wrong, but I believe the NCA legislation is going to have now, right now you can have 27 players on scholarship uh, at the division one level. Um, and I believe in, I think a year or two, they're going to change that to 32, which yeah. is, you know, uh, to me is it's difficult because you're going to be spreading that, that limited scholarship money, 11.7 for 32 guys rather than 27. So some of those scholarship uh, numbers could go down for some kids um, where, you know, it's going down to instead of 25%, it could be going down uh, even lower um, if I'm understanding that right. Um, but the, the roster, you know, if you have 40 guys on a roster or 35 and 27 are on scholarship, what they currently are is you're going to have a handful of those guys that are not on, uh, you know, not on athletic aid. So it mm. could be academic or just purely a, a walk-on. So um, I don't think people fully uh, understand that. Like I talk to families all the time that, you know, it's no, not necessarily a fault of their own where they just don't know, like, Hey, do you know how many scholarships there are at the division one, the division two, division three, junior college. And they're way, you know, they're, they're way off. And mm -hmm. so when they hear that, it's like, okay, we didn't, we didn't realize that it was that limited, you know, and we thought maybe we would be in a, in a sport that would have more scholarship money. And in reality, it's not really that, that much of a, of a scholarship, you know, allocated sport. And so um, that causes challenges, but I mean, we advise, and even when I was coaching, I mean, you want kids that are doing well in the classroom because mm -hmm. it's to uh, give them a chance to, um, you know, it's going to give them a chance to get more scholarship money. So like, you know, Paxton Schultz, who's in double a with uh, the blue Jays now um, who Jeff drafted Jeff Schultz and, mm -hmm. you know, he was on, basically you know 45 percent of academic aid and then 40 percent of baseball aid and so um people don't realize that it's like hey if you want to get more money you're going to have to do well in the classroom and and that's not always the most appealing to people if you will <laughs> so when, when the high school coaches have been harping on those kids hey man you got to do well in the classroom right it's instead of i'm just going to get this full ride scholarship that's all based off of my more or less physical ability right on the baseball field right and yeah. that, that's the old adage right we've been telling kids that forever like you got to do it in the classroom as well obviously it's going to open up more doors for you right in regards to all the divisions so I think that kind of leads us to 
uh, we we had a a little bit of a D one or bust, you know, yeah. type mentality. Tell us about that and what you're seeing with with kids and families you talk with. Yeah, so I think like it's hard because it's you know, I mean, it's the most appealing for kids, right? Hey, they they see it whether it's you know ESPN Plus, the World Series, you know, their local university. It's hey, they get the the sweet gear, all that kind of stuff. But in reality, like, you know, not as many kids get that opportunity right out of high school. And so I think a lot of kids set themselves up for that and then are really disappointed when it doesn't happen and can either say, hey, I don't want to play at all or pass on some opportunities that can be really good for them. Meaning like, you know, it could be a junior college, it could be a division two, you know, the junior college level, it's like, Hey, you might end up surpassing some of these kids right now that are committed to a school, but you're just not willing to be patient enough to say, you know what, like I'm not developed enough yet. Okay. There's not a school that fits me, but in two years down the road, you know, I can have my pick of division one school Mm -hmm. in anywhere in the country. And I think what, you know, and this is more anecdotal and kind of like, me talking to families and noticing it with my own eyes is like the the social media pressures and dynamics of seeing like okay my friend committed here you know i i have to feel like i'm i'm gonna go somewhere as well like i want to be committed i want to show you know other people i'm committed to to this school um we want to be walking at the mall with our school you know, sweatshirt on wherever that is and show that like, Hey, we're also part of this, this group. And I think like people really, uh, shut themselves off to a lot of, uh, a lot of good opportunities that, you know, I mean, again, like the long game to me and the D one or bust is really like, it's, it's, uh, you know, I tell families all the time, would you rather be the kid that goes to a division one right out of high school and you don't fit, you get 30 at bats or you pitch eight innings and then you're going to a junior college because you're not either you're not ready or you say, Hey, I'm out of here. And then at that junior college, you're scrambling to get back to another division one and you've got to have a good year. You've got to play well, or you you're that kid that, okay, you know what? You're not ready for a division one out of high school go to a junior college, you get 500 at bats in two years, you perform really well. And then you can go to pretty much anywhere you want to go. And I think there's this really big, like, you know, everybody I think will agree with that a second equation, but like in the moment, everybody's like, I'm not going to be that kid that pitches eight innings and, you know, ends up going to a junior college. I'm going to be the one that comes in and plays as a freshman. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, you know, that works great, but just doing numbers, like it just doesn't always work that way. And so um, I think kids, you know, kids and parents just really do the comparison game a lot. And I think that's what contributes to D1 or bust. And, um, you know, I mean, they just don't realize like, like where you and I are at, Chad, like Utah has four division one schools, mm-hmm. that's two, Arizona has uh, three. And then some of those programs are really, really high levels from a a conference standpoint, and they Mm -hmm. just may not fit there. And, uh, you know, and then there's opportunities all across the country that they may fit at Division One that have places for them. And they just go, hey, 
if I can't go to this school, then you know what, it's not worth it to me, or I would rather walk on and then not be there in a year, which just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Right. Yeah, no, I, we see it all the time, right. In, in my little community out here in Vegas, um, a great example, there's a player that went to UNLV last year. Um, I don't believe got many at bats, let's say less, probably less than 50. I don't know the exact number, um, decided to transfer, you know, as a sophomore is now, and I don't know if that ended up being a red shirt. I don't know what the numbers are for the red shirt um, at bats, right. And all that stuff, what that consists of, but um, is now at CSN and killing it, right. Is, is doing yeah. really well. Has been player of the week numerous times. Um, and I, I'd be curious to like, well, what, what were, what were their thoughts? Were there, you know, what were the reasons why they left? Did they, did the kid not think he was going to play as a sophomore Right. It was there like, oh, they're they're bringing in all these other guys. They want me to be, let's say he's a two way guy. He could pitch as well. They want me to be more of a pitcher, but I want to hit. Yeah. Right. So now I'm going to go hit here and show then prove it. Um, so kind of gambling on yourself a little bit, but also now killing it. Right. Yep. Um, so, yeah, no, it's interesting. And, and it, you, it's kind of funny in regards to. The comparison, right? In, in our our egos as parents, we want our kid to go to the best possible school because it makes the kid feel good. It makes us feel good. But is that the best place for your kid to go? Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, too, and to just um, just to like harp on that a little bit longer, too, is like the, you know, I mean, the, the transfer portal aspect, too, is like, hey some kids go, well, I'm just going to go in the transfer portal then. Right. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, if you got 10 at bats or 15 at bats in the transfer portal, I'm like, you're not going to be as appealing as you might think. Like you might have to have a pre-existing relationship with mm -hmm. some other coach at some other school where it's like, it's not going to just be foolproof and be like, well, then I'll just go in the portal and I'm going to be a star at this school. And it's like, you know, you still have to go in there and perform. You're going against their recruiting class, that kind of stuff. And people just don't want to take that, that kind of, you know, those kind of dynamics into account. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, I heard this line a little bit ago that I really liked, and I think it correlates really well into, to recruiting and, and just the long game, if you will, is he, he who brags best brags last. And that to me is like, Hey, we can have like the really, really good uh moment of like hey i'm announcing on twitter that i'm committed to such and such school well what's going to happen in four years down the road you know what i mean and and are you going to be leaving that school with a lot of debt are you going to have gone to three different schools by the time that four or five years are, are up or the kid that goes to such and such it could be southern nevada ends up going to oklahoma oklahoma state on a big scholarship not in debt gets drafted, you know, and nobody really like factors that in where it's like, we really just have to have that instant gratification of being like, Hey, I showed that I'm committed. Like, look at me, this is great. Yeah. And we right. have those dynamics instead. It's like, okay, what's going to happen in the four to five years from now, you know? And so I think we try to harp on that with, with families as much as, as we can um, to look at the bigger picture and look uh, forward to, you know, you name the the time frame. You know, it could be longer if you're at a academic school. It could be a forty year decision, right? 
getting sure. a degree at, a, at yeah. a great university, it could be a life-changing decision. So when, when you're talking with families that are, they're wanting to hire you to work with them through the recruiting process, right? What, what are some of, I guess, the main questions that tend to come up almost with every single family? Um, I think the, some of the biggest are going to be like, is this event worth going to? Like we've been told this is a good thing to go to, um, you know, and, and it could be anything from a camp, like, Hey, it's going to be a showcase camp. It's going to be a showcase with a particular organization. They say there's going to be coaches there, you know, should we do this? Should we spend our money? And so a lot of that can be the fact that families don't know, like, the volunteer assistant, you know, and it's no disrespect to the volunteer, but just the way that works right now with NCAA baseball is they, they don't recruit. And so, um, you know, they're going to go to a camp that they're going to be in front of coaches that don't recruit, which basically mm -hmm. means that, you know, they're paying those coaches, right? So I'm paying to attend that camp and that those coaches are ba basically making their, their living because they're the volunteer assistant. Now, and when then, you say they don't recruit, does that mean they can't recruit? Like they can't talk to the player about coming to that school? Yep, correct. Okay. So, and usually what will happen is like, if a volunteer assistant likes uh, a player, I mean, they're going to tell their staff, but at that point, like the recruiting guy or, or one of their countable recruiting coaches is going to have to go see him. Right. And so it's like, it just doesn't hold kind of as much weight mm -hmm. as going uh, you know, it could be a college camp where you're exposed to the whole coaching staff. And so um, we get asked about events a lot. And then I think, um, you know, one that happens quite a bit and it kind of goes back to comparison is like, I don't understand like we're, why we're not getting more attention, meaning like we had a teammate that's committed and we feel like we're better than that teammate. Or why is this kid committed to school and we're not talking to anybody? And so, you know, that part of it is like, hey, look, well, we have to get you in front of the right people, get you the, the feedback that you need, meaning like it's really easy for me to call a coach at X university and say, hey, what do, what do you think of Johnny? You think he's far away from what what your need is, you know, where do you see his playing ability? And so um, trying to get feedback for families is very, very important because a lot of kids um and families go to a tournament or an event and just, just hope, right? Like hope that somebody likes them or hope that somebody sees them and that something's going to happen that way. And it just, in reality, it just doesn't. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think the advisement piece is really, really important because we can provide those kind of feedback and information to people where it's like, Hey, this is going to be a waste of your time and money because they don't have any interest in you or, you know, it, it's not just as simple as interest. And I think people lose this a lot is like, they don't have a, a, a need at your position. You might be a really yeah. good player, but this university just, they don't need that position. And so, you know, just because you're not talking to so-and-so and this kid's committed to uh, this program, maybe they had the need at that position and they don't have the need at your position. It's right. not just as simple as that. And so mm -hmm. those are probably, from my experience, probably the, the two biggest topics of, of our conversation is, is this an event that's worth going to? And like, you know, why aren't we getting talked to more? Okay. Or why is this kid committed? And we're just as good as this player, or we feel like we are. So those right. are probably the two biggest topics. Okay. 
So, and when a family comes to you, there, there are probably a couple of things that are happening, right? They, they need some help, whether it's just advice in the recruiting process, or they actually, they need help in getting, I need, I need you to get my son out to some schools. And uh -huh. so how does that work with your organization? Um, do you, do you specifically have relationships with these coaches, you know, through your coaching experience and you built that network? How, how does that process all work? Yeah. So that's a, that's a great question. So like, um, you know, the first thing we'll do is like, you know, we'll do some of the online, like they create a profile and get that kind of stuff dolled up. And then um, what makes us in particular unique is that um, we, we evaluate all of our players. And so what that means is um, everyone that works in our organization has a similar background to me, uh, whether it's, you're either a college coach, uh, call, former college player, former pro player, like we just added a, a young man that used to play at Kentucky and in, in the big leagues. And so it's all reputable baseball guys. And so mm -hmm. what we do is basically we evaluate them on film and in person. And then from that point, we basically say, okay, we think you fit at this level. We think you're a division one player. We think you're a division two or junior college player. You name the level. And then we start to contact those schools, meaning could be from me calling you know, a coach at this university from me texting them or doing more of the, the bigger kind of, uh, you know, communication through email or social media uh, to get their name out to people that uh, are at that level, if you will. And so I think that's a, uh, a big thing that we do that, you know, families appreciate it, but I think like families that don't work with us don't um, fully appreciate that because it's like, Hey, I think I'm a division one player, but you know, I'm, I'm biased. Right. So right. like, you know, I have that opinion of myself, but I've got about 10 to 12 people that are saying, you know what, you're going to fit better at a junior college. And from that point, it's, it's relatively, it goes relatively smooth and going, okay, like such and such junior college has interest in you. Would you be willing to come out and work out with them? Okay. Yeah. Would you be willing to take a visit? And so that's the, you know, the simple way of how our process works. And then, you know, we, everybody in our organization has a set of contacts, whether it's some guys may, may know a coach at, at a school that I don't and vice versa. And we kind of communicate back and forth of going, you know, we always get incoming texts or, or phone calls that say, Hey, um, such and such university needs a 2024 right-handed pitcher catcher, you know, corner outfielder that can hit. And so we go across our, our network and say, okay, these are the guys that I've got. And, you know, we've all evaluated them and see them fitting at that level. And then we mm -hmm. pass that information on. So it's a pretty good, you know, and a pretty efficient process of how we communicate that information to parents and to coaches that like, Hey, we've got a good network of players and um, you know, these are the guys that are going to fit. And like, we make the, the promise that, you know, we're not going to call, if we evaluate you as a division three player, we're like, we're not calling TCU. Right. right. And so right. that's one of the ways that, you know, we lose credibility and TCU is not going to take our phone calls. It was like, you sent us a kid that can't play there. So we don't, we don't do that. We avoid that at all costs and we'll get those questions every once in a while, but you know, you have to, and I think that's a great thing for us is kids are not getting the information of like, you know what, bud, like, you just may not fit at that level. Okay. Right. Like 
they keep going and going, well, I went to this camp and, you know, they said I should come to another one. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, you're <laughs> paying money to them. Right. And so it's like, you know, you really have to sort through, um, you know, again, parents are going to go, well, he should be a division one player. He hit 440 and this other kid hit 430 and he's going to division one. And it's like, it's not really how it works, you know? So, right. yeah, no, it's, it's fascinating on how your mind can go in all different directions in that comparison game, because I played shortstop. My second baseman played here. We have very similar numbers and yet the skills could be way different, right? And, and line up that way. So I, one thing that stood out to me, what you said is you actually do a, you, you do a physical evaluation with every player. Yeah. Right? yeah. And so with you being in Salt Lake, are you working mainly with folks from Utah or do they, do they fly in to see you if they're say out of state? How does that process work? So I mainly work with like Salt Lake, Davis, uh, Utah County, and I have a few St. George, and then I've got a couple that uh, are in Idaho and one in uh, uh, Wyoming at the moment. And so the ones that are really local, like I go, I drive to them, we meet up somewhere, you know, I don't want anybody flying mm -hmm. to me and cause, you know, costing them more money to, uh, to come down here. And so we meet up, we go through a full workout uh, and then basically like, we, we give all that information to our advisors. It could be anything from the video that I've shot to a cumulative, like uh, these are what his metrics are like and, and kind of go from there. And then I get the chance uh, to see a lot of my players um, play in the spring or summer and fall as well. Mm -hmm. And then I think what helps our evaluation process too, is it's really easy for me to, to text the coach at, you know, division one or a, a junior college and be like, Hey, what do you think on this kid? And there, there's a lot of coaches that are really good about going, you know, I like that kid. I've seen him like six times, but he's got to put on weight. Okay. Yeah. And there's like, something missing, right? Yeah. 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 And so it kind of gives us a lot of validation of like, you know, okay, then we're pretty spot on and like, you know, everybody's going to miss. Right. But you know, the guys that I've had commit in this process, um, which is a fair fair amount. They've all lined up with our evaluation system spot on. Like we haven't had anybody, at least with me that has, okay, committed higher or lower than what we evaluated. And so it's a good, it's a good working system. Yeah, no, that's great. I, and I, if I was a parent, that's what I would be looking at um, in regards to, is there an actual evaluation? Um, yeah. cause I know like I, I worked with NCSA for about a year, year and a half. It was more on the sales part of the job where I would do calls with families and basically take them through the recruiting process. Yeah. Right. And, and basically what we call it, qualify them. Can this kid actually go play college baseball? And it always felt a little bit weird if I'm being frank, because I didn't know that. Right. They, they might send in some info. I didn't see any video. I don't know what this kid can really do. Right. Yep. So it's kind of almost like, let's get them in the door. And then a video would be shot. And then there would be another group of people that would evaluate the video and then disperse that and match them up with colleges. Right. Yep. Which to me, just evaluating over video without seeing a person in, in person right and seeing because you can get fooled by video easily yeah you can easily 
just from the scouting world, I'm like, man, this guy is way different on video than in person or vice versa. Right. And so that's fantastic that you guys do that, right. That you, you go evaluate that. So, and it's fantastic that you actually drive to wherever that person is in a way to, to meet up with them. Yeah. And it's, I mean, and the thing is too, is it's like, we, we take into a, a lot of uh, factors. I mean, like I, I drove down to Manti, if you've ever been there, uh, worked out with a kid the other day. And, uh, you know, we take into account like, Hey, height and weight, you know, the, the projection, like a yeah. guy that's gonna be tall and skinny is going to be more projectable, you know, and then we take in some stats and that kind of stuff where it's like, and it's always with the caveat of, okay, well, what, what level is he playing at? Who is he facing those kind of things? And I think sure. those things also with parents are kind of, you know, I mean, I, I have this conversation a lot is like, how much do stats really matter? Okay. And because people get wrapped up into it and I'm always like, Hey, there's a few that really matter. Okay. In my opinion. And a lot of people I trust is like, you know, your extra base hits. Okay. I mean, how many times are you hitting the ball out of the ballpark or doubles and triples? And then mm -hmm. the batting average, I'm like, you know, people get wrapped up in that. And I'm like, the simple fact of the matter is like, we don't know who's keeping game changer. Right. Like we don't know the <laughs> plan on right. it's like you hit 400 this last year. I'm like, your mom, we don't know if your mom was keeping the book. Right. You know I mean? And then yeah. on the mound, it's like walks and strikeouts. Okay. Hits are going to be, you know, I know hits is a little bit subjective, but it's like if you got 30 innings on the mound and have given up 15 hits and you got 45 strikeouts, it's like, that's pretty dang good. Mm -hmm. And so some of those that are a little bit more controllable, I guess, if you will, rather than like, you know, I mean, I, I've dealt with enough high school programs. It's like, they don't know how to dif dif differentiate some of them that like, okay, how do I score this as an earned run and a, you know, uh, an unearned run. And it's like, so your ERA is, you know, a little bit less important than people think. Yeah, no doubt. Well, good. No, that's awesome. Um, so one thing we talked about, but you, you mentioned multi-sport yeah. type athletes. Are you, are you guys looking for those type of guys to college coaches care? Um, I think it's, I think it's pretty nuanced, but I think like, uh, the, the multi-sport stuff is good. Right. But I think it needs to be with a little bit of a caveat in that, you know, I played football growing up, uh, kind of halfway through high school. And I think, um, football can be challenging just because, you know, once summer, summer hits, like they've got conditioning, they've got workouts, they've got that kind of stuff. And I, I think, playing football is good for you physically. You get bigger, stronger, you know, you learn how to compete. But I think a lot of kids go, Hey, I'm only going to play spring baseball. And, you know, in reality, like you need to attend some summer events uh, for the recruiting portion of it. So if you're missing, if you're missing, um, you know, some big premier baseball events in the summer to go to a seven on seven or, football, whatever, it's like, you know, it's hard to really, you know, it's really hard to, to get that kid recruited the way they, they think they should, or the way that, that you want to, because they're not going to be at those events and then come fall, they're playing football. Right. And so yeah. I think everybody really likes multi-sport athletes, but it's becoming, it's, it's difficult just because it's like, you've got to go to the right events at the right time. And if you're not willing to do that, or you have a football coach that doesn't allow you to do that, do that. It's, it's hard because yeah. 
I mean, we, we deal with it and you can see it on Twitter is like, Hey, I'm, I'm off to a great start this spring, you know, those kind of things. And it's like, okay, that's great. And I'm, you know, the spring's important, but you got to keep in mind that winter college is playing, right. They're playing in the spring. And so it's very difficult for college coaches to come out and see you in the spring as much as you think, you know, so, and it depends on the staff makeup. Some staffs may say, I don't want you missing BP to go watch a game. Some staff right. say that's fine. And so the summer and fall aspect is hard and, and, uh, or is, is hard for multi-sport athletes if they don't balance it the right way. So I think mm-hmm. multi-sport athletes, all of them, like all college coaches is like, it's appealing to them. Hey, we want a guy that's taking a little bit of a breather. That's also got some athleticism and strength. So guys that, specialize in baseball have a tendency sometimes to and i'm overgeneralizing, but have a tendency to not be physically strong in some cases like they just don't put in the same amount of time in the weight room they're they're playing baseball they're doing other things and so like that's appealing to have uh more of a strong ready-made um college player rather than a kid that's short weight wise he's just not physical enough yet yeah absolutely yeah, and it's interesting. It's and sometimes you, you think about the summer and fall. Um, I, I'm just thinking about here in the spring. I'll, I'll go to an occasional high school game and I'll see, um, you know, Garitano at CSN out there occasionally, um, Stolte or Kevin Higgins at you know V, you know, because yep. they they have either they got off early that day and they can go see one of their pitchers that they're recruiting, uh, but it's pretty rare. Because their schedules are just very crazy and and they're limited in what they can do, um, so yeah, summer and spring is kind of a big deal, you know, yeah. in those regards. So I guess just keeping in that in mind. So, um, yeah. so what the last I think part we'll we'll cover here in regards to the recruiting stuff is when a family actually actually needs to be advised right on what to do. They need some help. Uh, what kind of family is like your ideal family that comes to you? Ah, uh, that's a great, that's a great question. I think like, uh, you know, this is going to sound bad, but maybe the, the family that doesn't have all the answers. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like they've been, you know, told a, a narrative of like, Hey, you don't need that. You're good enough. You know, I can help you. Your coach is going to help you those kind of things. And so to me, like the family that's, open to going like, Hey, we don't, we don't quite know what we're, we're doing. Okay. We've heard such and such about like, this is what you should do, but you know, we want to talk to somebody that has experience doing it. And so they're open-minded and going like, okay, like, you know, we've heard this, is that accurate? Okay. We've heard this, is this true? Instead, Mm -hmm. I can have a phone call and within five minutes, I'll know right away where it's like, okay, like, they, they don't want this just because they think they have it figured out, right. which, which, it you know, that's fine. I mean, it may work for them, but in the long run, like if you take that player in a year later, I'm like, they're kind of doing the same stuff where it's like, if we would have worked with them, we could have given them some concrete answers of like, you know what, like if you go to this camp, it's going to be a waste of money because they don't see you fitting there. Okay. And so I really like the, open-minded, humble families that are willing to go, Hey, we, we don't quite know, like we don't quite know the right way to take on this recruiting process. 
and they're willing to listen and they're willing to to take feedback in terms of like, you know, everybody else is doing this, but it doesn't like, doesn't feel right. Like, should we be doing this? You right. know, ra <laughs> rather than the person that's going, no, you know, we're good. Like you should go to this event. You should play for this team. You'll, you'll be committed. It'll be fine. And I'm like, okay, okay you know, go for it. And sometimes it, sometimes it works, but the vast majority of those times or, or the, the vast majority of those families end up being disappointed some, some way, meaning like they're disappointed that they're not committed and another kid on their team is, or that they're not getting enough attention or that they've only heard from a level that's beneath them, if you will, like, Hey, well, we don't want to play for, you know, division two. And it's like, well, you're a division two player and this right. program is a really good program, but you don't want to play there. And so those humble families that are willing to like engage and learn and like don't have all the answers are really, they're a lot of fun to work with. Yeah. Okay. And what is there, what's like the best age for a family to, that a family that hires you, are we talking freshman, sophomore, or even junior? Um, I think like, you know, freshman, sophomore is great. And then, you know, junior, junior is good, but that's when they start to get a little bit, a little bit antsy about like, sure. <laughs> hey we gotta get moving uh, you know we've gotta i've gotta be committed i've gotta do this i've gotta do that and i think like i think by the time they're a junior they've kind of run the gamut of like hey well we've done all these things and nothing's worked okay right. and so, like, i love working with younger families because you can kind of steer them in the direction of going like you know that's not that's not worth your time and energy and your your money to go play in this event or go to this showcase or go to this event. So I think like the earlier we can get them, you know, it's, it's a lot more fun process too, because you can kind of see them grow and be like, okay, right now, you know, you might fit, you might not, you might not be a division one guy, but in like, you know, 18 months from now, 12 months from now, you might be a really, really high level player. And we can steer you in that direction of like, okay, you've got a few offers that, you know, you have a pick of, of a lot of good programs and a lot of good schools. And so the young ones are really, really fun to work with. I'd say uh, freshman, sophomore are good. And then, you know, come junior year that the juniors are fun too, but it starts to be a little bit like anxious and worried and, okay, we got to do this. And, you know, there's, there's some fear there, if you will. Yeah. It's like, is it, is the rule still that coaches can contact them? Is it junior year, September? Uh, yeah, it's, I think I know, yeah, September, one, September one. Yep. And then September one. Yeah. And so then if they, they haven't received those calls as a junior and it's say November, December, they're like, oh boy, like we're, we're behind. Is that fair? To a say? little bit. Yeah. A little bit. And then I think, um, you know, I mean the, before that is obviously the third party. So they, uh, a college coach will contact me and I set up a phone call and they, yeah have a conversation but yeah they start to panic a little bit and then they start to go like well can we even go to a division one and it's like yeah i mean you know hope's not completely lost but you know you're gonna have to perform really well in the next little bit to have that opportunity mm -hmm. and at that stage they kind of go mm -hmm. well you know um again that's really where the comparison comes in like well then why is this kid going to this school and we did you know we did this and it's like well you're a different player or there's a different need or those kind of things. And so, yeah, I mean, 
that that fall of their junior year is really when like you know they kind of have to have a good idea of where they're going or the direction of like you know what dude you probably are still a little bit away a ways away and and you should probably think a little bit more of the junior college route so right uh, which, yeah. which is fascinating to me because i i think a lot of people would agree like and i i, do, I can just relate it to our closest ones where we have csn salt lake in arizona central arizona yavapai some of these bigger the bigger jc's <clears throat> And you look at some of their rosters and what they can do, you know, usually CSN has a couple arms every year that are draft type guys that are 94 to 97, some of them, you know, and a um, yep. couple position players that are pretty good. Um, these guys, for whatever reason, ended up at a junior college, but that level of competition, because there's plenty of guys that I've seen that have been pretty good in high school. They even get to those junior colleges and they don't even sniff the field. Yeah. They're, they're right? over. So it's, so that's why I always encourage players like go watch these teams play. Like, especially if you're a junior senior, like go look at what they do. Look at the product that they put on the field. Say you're, say you're a second baseman, like go and, and it's a little bit of comparison, right? But you're like, well, what does that guy do? Like is what's he good at? Oh, he's really fast. He's got a good arm. Um, he actually has some power, right? Yeah. Where, where do your skills and where do your tools line up? Because there's, you know, in Arizona, for example, you have a D1 and a D2 division of junior college. Yep. Right. And yep. I know um, a player that kind of fell through the cracks. Now we're talking about a guy playing the bit is Rojas. I think Josh Rojas, yeah, yeah, yeah. Diamondbacks. Yep. He was at Paradise Valley. I okay. Mean, one of my first years scouting. And I, I remember watching him. I'm like, oh, I really like this guy's swing. And, but I would kind of look around. I'm like, is anybody really on this guy? Like nobody's really taking video. And I'm like, this guy's good, you know? And so I, it was like, as a young scout, I was kind of like, well, I guess do I just be bold and go do my own thing? Right. And so you kind of have to figure that stuff out. It's a whole different story, but point being, even, even kids that are at these JCs that are surrounded by us, these are good players. Right. Yeah. And, and, and knowing that if you can't even compete there, right. So it's, it's kind of a, probably your, your part of your job is to like, you're not really quite at this level, right. Yeah. Which could be quite the blow to a family. And so do you, do you feel like you have to let some kids down and tread lightly there? Yeah. I mean, you, you do, but you try to front load it as much as you can. Like I said, okay. in that evaluation where it's like, Hey, if, if you're not at this level, like I'm not going to ruin my, you know, relationship with such and such school and our company's relationship just to, you know, basically yeah. say I <laughs> that I know that you're not good enough to play there. Right. And so that's a, that's a challenging dynamic. And I think like um, you try to find out as early as you can, if they're thinking a little bit more like, um, uh, you know, realistic about like their players abilities. And those are the ones that you're kind of really, and for me, like I try to get as many voices as I can, like whether it's the high school coach or someone that I know is like, Hey, do you, you know, and know and trust, do you think this kid is a college player? If so, like what, what level do you see him? And so I try to get that <clears throat> much info there as I can. And then, um, you know, I think most people though that I've encountered, they, they kind of just want to know too, though. So it's like, okay, okay, like, um, 
that man, that's good to know that like, you, you know, we probably fit better at a junior yeah. college. Just tell me where do I, where do I belong? Almost. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Cause they just don't, they don't know. Yeah. And so most of my, most of my, you know, encounters have been very positive mm. where it's like, Hey, you know, if you want to pitch at this level, the velocity has got to be at this, you know, particular area. And they just, for whatever reason, yeah, they don't watch, they don't know, they've been told. And yeah. so I think if you can, you know, kind of break that down with them to where it's like, okay, this, these are really like where you're going to fit. And these are the reasons why. And then we've taken it a few steps where it's like, I'm, I'm happy to relay, relay like what, such and such university has given me feedback about you to say, Hey, like they don't see you at that level either. And right. so those, you try to reinforce it that way, but most of my encounters have been positive because they by and large, most people want to know like, yeah. okay, this is where we fit. Yeah. And it's just, we like, we want to save time. Right. And, and, and we, exactly. if you're a freshman or sophomore, they're obviously not typically fully developed yet. So nope. there's time and there's growth, but now you get into that junior or senior, some are late bloomers, right? Of course. Um, but you kind of have an idea of where they're starting to fit in. Um, so that's good. That's good. Is there anything else you want to cover before we move on to the bees? I think we're good, man. I that's think pretty good. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So tell so now you you're at Salt Lake stadium or you're at home, but you're, you're working for the bees. You've had a long history, um, I think your dad is a big part of the bees, if I'm not mistaken, if he's still running around there. Um, but tell us what you're doing with the bees in the youth program. Uh, yeah. So my dad has been, yeah, he's been around a long time. Um, he's the, he's the president and general manager. I was lucky to grow up around the ballpark and yeah. kind of silly enough to, to want to coach from that experience. <laughs> uh, but my, yeah, my full-time job, uh, I'm the director of, youth programs and events. Um, and so my full-time job is really, it's a combination of, of a few, few things, whether it's community relations with, you know, our local municipalities, little leagues, uh, comp programs, uh, and then doing things like our kids clubs uh, and things of that nature that are geared towards, you know, growing our fan base, but growing the involvement of, you know, youth players, um, in the state of Utah that will be connected or uh, we want to try to connect to the game of baseball and have them have a positive experience. It could be coming to the ballpark with their dad for the first time and playing catch in the outfield and, you know, going, Hey, I love baseball because it's like, I was able to go play catch with my dad in the outfield and have a hot dog, that kind of thing. Right. Like, okay, how can we help our Cal Ripken leagues here improve, um, you know, their baseball aspect or the comp, you know, teams improve their baseball aspect. And so that's a lot of my full-time day-to-day stuff is trying to improve, um, you know, kids experience with baseball, if you will, in our, in our state in many different ways. That's cool. Yeah. So it, I know it's gotta be a little bit tough just weather wise out there. Cause it's, you know, baseball is kind of a spring, essentially summer sport. A little bit limited because of the weather, but um, what are you seeing in regards to are, are less kids playing baseball than what you're normally seeing? Uh, I think you could make that case. Yeah. And I think like there, there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, 
you know, I think it could be anything from the love of the game. Like it's the love's kind of been driven out of them. Like they're playing too much, too serious. It's not fun anymore to, you know, the cost access. That's a major, that's a major barrier for some families is that they, they financially can't play or they're gravitating to a, a, a more, you know, accessible, you know, financially accessible sport to them uh, that doesn't require the same amount of burdens. And then mm-hmm. quite frank, frankly, like, you know, love it or, or hate it with some of the rule changes in baseball, but um, they could be frankly wanting to, to be attached to a faster paced sport or something they perceive to be a faster paced sport like football or basketball or whatever, you know, lines up with their interests more than uh, watching nine innings of, of baseball. And so, um, I think so, but I think, um, you know, for the most part, the, the ones that are participating in baseball are, it's a pretty, pretty strong crew. Um, and I think, you know, you're hoping that the participants love it more so than it's something that's driven by, by their parents, if you will. Sure. Yeah. And it's, uh, and I just being baseball guys, right. It's, it's, I totally understand too, with, uh, when you add football and basketball and, uh, start talking about recruiting and scholarships it's that they get that full ride right if you're at the d1 so yeah it makes logical sense um but yeah i know you're doing your best right trying to do our best to keep the game going keep it alive and and i think it's you know it it seems to be doing great out here in las vegas Mm -hmm. um i see there's people just everywhere kids are everywhere playing the game and uh, different facilities all over the place and stuff like that so uh, well, good man. Best of luck to you with with all that the endeavors of the youth sports, right? And and working with kids. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a blast. It's a lot of fun. You see a lot of different dynamics, though. And I think like the cool part about working with the bees is you know you have you know some access to what Major League Baseball is doing with uh, trying to grow the game for for young ages and you know get them more involved to where they truly are loving the game and are lifelong fans. You know, they don't have to be a big leaguer or play in college. It's like, you know, it could be the next Bill James, if you will. You know, it's like, hey, you're attaching to a generation of of fans that you're hoping will will love playing the game of baseball or excuse me, love the game of baseball and will be lifelong fans. So it's it's fun to to see that when it kind of clicks for them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, very good, man. This has been awesome. So if somebody is interested, a parent, an athlete that might be listening to this and they want some help on the recruiting side, how can they reach out to you? Uh, so they can they can reach out at uh, collegeathleteadvantage.com, okay? Or they can um, – pro- I should have probably linked my my email to you. Um, or they can find me on, on social media. Uh, and so those are probably the two ways uh, to do it is if – on collegeathleteadvantage.com, there's a way to contact us. Okay. Uh, so we'll get all the kind of inbound incoming referrals. And then social media wise, they they can follow me. They can send me a, a direct message and, you know, I'll be happy to talk with them and, and kind of see what their interests are. So okay. um, those are probably the two primary ways. And if someone is not in like your area of Utah or surrounding states and it's say someone in Texas, is that, is it a territorial thing? Like the person in Texas works with that person? 
Yeah, we typically we we like to, but I mean, we've yeah. taken on a few kids that you know may may not necessarily be in our our area, but have reached out to us. Uh, and then we have enough advisors across the country where it's like you know that advisor can go see them because they're close to them, or they can mm. to them and you know be assigned to them if that makes sense. So gotcha. Okay. Very cool. Collegeathleteadvantage.com, right? Where they can reach out to you, Derek. Well, man, this has been great. I really appreciate your info on the recruiting side. I know it changes quite a bit and there's probably a lot more to even consider covering, but uh, for the sake of time, uh, but appreciate coming on. Uh, wish you the best with your recruiting process and helping kids and also uh, helping the the local youth out there with the bees team and get those kids out to the park. Thanks, Chad. I appreciate you. And thanks for having me on. My pleasure. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on, guys. And we'll see you in the next show.